Psych, 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 psych. Psych. Good show. This is the episode now. <laughs> Welcome. Hello. I hate you. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the episode of the podcast with the movie people. That's us. From the Sydney, people. Australia. People of movies. Whoa, don't narrow it down too much, buddy. <laughs> they can find us. 47th biggest movie podcast in our three kilometer radius. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. It's it's great to be here. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, what are we talking about today? I don't even fucking know. We, I mean, we were just having like a very somber conversation. So I, I feel like we need to like up the ante, like lift up the energy a little bit. All right. Well, exci- let's, let's talk about something exciting then. Um, I think we finally got our shit together. We had a real good little game plan before this. <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so we're we're at week we're, zero. Everything <laughs> we talked congrat- about now, so we're fully accountable. <laughs> we're going to list out here to our audience. So let's not all- let's not like cheer ourselves before <laughs> yeah. we've actually done anything. No, that's the way to. <laughs> no, look, it's, it's it always works. Watch a film, you philistines. Yeah. <laughs> it always <laughs> comes true. <laughs> it's it, it it's been a weird year, and I think that the um the consistency that we had built up before COVID hit has fairly obviously waned. We've tried to keep it up with Movie Book Club, which has in itself been really interesting. Um, but I think that we just need to kind of hunker down and, and you know, maintain the the um, uh, constants uh, with which we're putting out material just because it's it's been, as I said, it's been a weird year. I think that's going to be everyone's excuse for anything that happens in 2020. 2020's a write-off. Nobody's going to pay attention. This year will be taken out of the history books, I swear to just God. Just a blip, right? Hmm. Everyone. I mean, it could be. I, it was interesting. I was watching this uh, news anchor who said um, that in 68, he, he said it felt very similar. It felt like the end of the world in a lot of ways. And he was like, there was no, hello, kitty. Um, there was, you, you know, it, yeah, it felt as though there was no hope that this was the end of the world, all that kind of stuff. And he goes, and then you just kind of move on and people kind of think about it as like a, just a, a date milestone. in a history book, yeah. right? The Spanish flu is just a date in a history book. Who 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 even knew conceptually anything like Spanish flu? It's just like it's. Well, it it's wasn't a, in the. It wasn't now in we the, tangibly know. I just thought it was a flu that was doing like a saucy little dance. Yeah. Um. So I I reckon that like people. Yeah, why didn't we like? Couldn't we have gotten a better name than? than COVID? COVID. Well, it's just what it's called. It's, it's like the well, r- according to Trump, it's the China virus. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, there fun. you go. Be careful what you wish for, George. <laughs> China virus. China. <laughs> um, cool. Cool. Well, why so are we talking... The, the podcast is completely reformed now and forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hollywood just needs to start releasing some movies as well. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Some movies. Then our movie podcast can really thrive. Although we did get some interesting news this week. I mean, it's 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 sort of more of the same, but it... Mm. it, it it is somewhat interesting. So, kind of all following up on stories we've had before, yeah. but before that, just quickly, yes, before before that, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> I already good, said that before the that. Great segue the for you to jump in. <laughs> <laughs> Stop fucking gaslighting me. Um, fuck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the general theme around movie book club this month that I don't think we really emphasized in the last episode was it's Halloween and October, blah blah blah. So Ooh. we're doing two horror movies every week. And Benny, you chose this week. We're going to talk about it later. Let's talk about what we've been watching yeah. now. It's okay. you, it's your pick this week, right? Yeah, it's my pick. Good because I had no. I've still about that. got <laughs> to pick. I've still got to pick one of them. Oh, I love that. I That's love the okay. last minute fucking roulette. Does that mean that I'll actually get roulette? Of I'll death. actually get. I'm Halloween actually going to start my, researching that now. My no pressure. Yeah. 
it'll just be Halloween. You just do Halloween and another <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween and Rob Zombie's Halloween. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, since you guys are just sitting there staring in space, I will uh, jump off with what I've been watching this week. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I watched a wonderful little sci-fi movie from Russia. Uh, maybe you've heard of it. Um, not the movie. You haven't heard of the movie, just the country. Um, called Sputnik. Um, this, uh, movie is probably actually not technically released yet. I think I saw it through an encore kind of screening from the Fantastic Film Festival Australia, which I mentioned a lot earlier in the year. Um, Basically, it is right in that alien vein. Like it's a complete a ship. No, thing. so it's 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 set on Earth, but it is about a, a creature that kind of gestates within a, a human cosmonaut who has returned yeah. from space. Um, and and it, how was it? It was fantastic. It takes that oh, okay. premise and unfolds in some very very interesting ways. Okay. Um, and like Alien, the original movie itself has just a lot of subtextual stuff going on beneath it um, and a lot of um, just interesting ideas that sometimes even these monster movies don't really fuck with. Um, and it was polished as hell. Uh, okay. the, Where did the, you watch this one? Uh, this was a, in a cinema. This was okay, a, yeah, yeah. It was a kind of a one-off screening. But, nice. Um, I think it might be available somewhere now. But um, Cool. Yeah, very enjoyable, very cool, uh, very polished. I... Always feel bad when I watch a a foreign film of this quality and be like, "Fuck, I'm probably missing out on so many movies yeah. by not doing this more often." Um, but that was great, and I also am. Just before we move on to the next thing, I just wanted to point out how cool it is mm. what Netflix is doing right now, mm. which is promoting international projects um, on its main platform to just about everyone. Mm. And I mean, one of the things that I found so cool is that I uh, there's a trailer out now uh for a german show called barbarians mm-hmm. which looks hectic like it's it's really it looks really well produced it's 100 something 100 something i would watch it's right in my niche it's you know history it's roman um all that kind of shit and um the only other thing is it it's just happens to be in german mm. and, and that would for so many people just immediately exclude it from ever being marketed to you mm. uh, for it ever being you know in your peripheral view in any way, but you know, as long, with Netflix, as, long as they give you the option for subtitles versus dub, because some of it is dubbed, um, like naturally, it comes some of my way. colleagues got me onto this Indian um, show that everyone's going nuts for in Netflix India, and I went to watch it, and it was all dub, and it was awful. It's hard. Uh, it was it's really, hard, really bad, yeah. really, really bad. Mm. And I was like, why can't, why can't you give me that option? You had no option. Like, give me the option as the viewer. You know, That's you let bizarre. people fucking go at 1.5x. Can you not give me the original language in which this piece was presented? I would have thought it would have been Fuck. the other way around where you'd find everything in with subs and then mm. some would have the option to be dubbed. That seems like a very bizarre. Well, I mean, that's what Anime Lab is, right? It's the subbed version as the Mm -hmm. base tier. And if you want the dub version, that's the premium tier where you have to cough up an extra few bucks. Yeah, I'm not sure how they they decide because I do love that they promote this stuff. Because I remember the first time I saw uh, Dark, the the series on Netflix, it's meant to be like kind of Stranger Things esque uh, time travel or something. Um, The preview was sort of playing on the screen. in English, and I wasn't paying close enough attention to realize that it was a dub, and I was like, oh, this looks really interesting. Um, and then, you know, my own 
um, lack of commitment. It was like, oh, I don't feel like watching something subtitled right now. But uh, but it, it was like default English dub, which is a bit odd. But I, they don't they seem to do that all the time. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. No, so I just think I, I just, just kind of flashing because I watched the Barbarians trailer today. And I also finished up, I think it was last month, the um, Secret of the Nile series, which is like mm. a 30, <laughs> a th- 30 part um, series in Egyptian Arabic, mm. which, you know, I would, again, I would have just never had access to yeah. that. Totally. Well, speaking of Netflix series in languages, um, <coughs> I am Whoa. half, I'm so good at segues. Um, I am halfway through The Haunting of Bly Manor, which I suspect somebody here has watched some of, maybe. I, I really. Uh, but <laughs> I think let's let's dial in a review for yeah. next week. Cool, cool. Yeah, I basically, you know, my fiance doesn't like horror films, so every time the trailer came up, and I was so excited when I saw it come up, I was like, "Sweet!" She's like, "You will turn that thing off yeah. right now." I was like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. stay with I'm staying with my parents for um, uh, a week or so." Uh, I was there, and uh, I I started switching it on on the on the TV, and my mom looked at me goes. If you'd like to die, sure. <laughs> I was like, right, switching it back. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, no so judgment I'm at all. Sad, like, th- my only other option is to watch it alone, which is what I did with um, Haunting of um, Hill House. Hill House, mm. and uh, and <laughs> which I mean is fine, but I prefer to watch horror films with other people. I'm a bit of a scaredy cat. So, well, to to <laughs> to allay your fears somewhat, it is I wouldn't say even a tenth as scary as the first season. Okay. Um, it is such a slow, slow, slow burn gothic horror um, that in many ways feels like it could have been like an old black and white 50s movie or something, okay. those really slow contemplative ones. Um, I am at the point now where I'm really into it and really loving it. I, I've just finished the fifth episode, which very much like season one um, is kind of a landmark episode it's that sort of changes things. how things go. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um uh, but yeah, very cool. Um, I'm I'm loving all the returning cast members from season one, all okay. the new cast members. Um, Henry Thomas, the little boy from ET, who was the younger version of the father from season one. I th- I think, as a not expert, does a very convincing British accent. Um, but I'm just so happy <laughs> to see him in anything, and I'll, I'll probably praise him no matter what he's doing. So the general I really vibe, I'm, the first one, the general vibe I'm getting from you is like you're not sort of run out. Of, this is Haunting of Hill House V2. This is like a bit more of a moody slower like very, you're, you're still waiting for it, it to feels come together very different to me uh. mm. um that's which good. i, I like think is great yeah. yes I, I i'm very happy about that because the house it's set in the fact that it's called the haunting of x um could be very formulaic and it's flanagan it's flanagan it, it looks like the same house to me honestly i think it might be some of the same sets but um yeah it really feels like a different thing which i really appreciate um also, um, the actor who played uh, the adult version of Luke in season one, he was in The Invisible Man as well as yep. The Invisible Man. Um, he's in this too. Um, I love that guy. And he has this amazing Scottish accent in this season. Um, he's an English actor. He sounds exactly like Mark Strong in Kingsman. I'm like, fuck, man, you were like cool and sexy before, but now you're just at some other level. Uh, <laughs> he's so good. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm really keen to see where it goes. Um, Did it take a couple episodes for it to form? Like, were you kind of a little bit like... Yeah, because it's 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 very character based and and very deliberately paced. Which so is you what really I loved about to, the first one, exactly. Well. But 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 good to know that going in. But the first one was so focused on here's this episode about this character and their backstory. This one's not doing that as much, but though it is a little. Yeah. But um, you kind of have to get used to the ensemble as as yeah. it builds. 
Um, but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot so far. Hopefully, cool, it, um, cool. it sticks the landing because this first season did not in a lot of people's eyes, not mine. Um, I loved it, but uh, yeah, enjoying. And I've also I'm also about halfway through season two of The Boys. I finally caved because so many people are talking about that, and I just keep hearing about all oh, the shocking twists and all oh, the boys has gone too far. And I'm like, um, I hate watch and? season one. I'm gonna have to hate watch season two as well. And. It, look, it's 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 a yeah, it's a very watchable show. It's well made. It's fantastically acted. Um, it feels so regressive in a lot of ways to me, and so backwards. But as you know, I'm a fucking hippie fairy, so I I don't know. Uh, people it, like, people enjoy regressive it. in ways that like regressive yeah. in ways is the main character strikes me as a really like '90s kind of like nice guy who's winning over the girl by just being a just being a friendly dude who's like. Always ah, about I everything. see you've like, seen my moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, you know, is a trope that, that has worked for a while in the past, but I feel like once you get, like, 500 days of summer, like, you can't go back to what that movie completely eroded. Um, so, I and, you know, this is, a, this is a, a TV show where you'll have, like, a terrorist scene on a plane and it's, like, straight up, like, like a, a Saudi-looking dude shouting, like, Arabic. I'm like... Man, I, I thought we got through this in the in the two thousands. Not that, not that, not that I'm saying you can't do that, but it just feels so obvious and lazy. Yeah. Mm. And it really speaks to the fact that I villain think that, of the day, right? It used to be Russians and or Germans. Yeah, it, and, it, yeah. it just feels boring. But um, it, I I have more issues like the fact that just the, the every single hero in this world is so uh, obnoxiously evil and horrible and unlikable. It's hard to imagine how this world actually functions. Um, supporting them, but that's probably part of the point because I think they're more based on like pro athletes than anything else. And I'm not I'm not a sports fan, so I could talk for days about how much I hate a lot of pro athletes. But uh, yeah, I like I said, it's watchable, and I would like to hear what you think of it, Connor, because I think you might get something out of it. Yeah, I still um, haven't watched season one. Mm, yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a couple of t- there's so many TV shows that I want to get onto, mm. um, and I just haven't had the time. Well, are you finished your your picks? That's it. Which will lead me into the fact that I have not, I don't think I've watched anything apart from our movie book club movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been reading. Nice. Um, and it's. Nerd. Uh, yeah. It's, and there is a movie of it, version of it. So okay, you can check right, that out. Um, Thank God. Yeah. Was about to fucking... So the book is called um, Touching the Void in, or Into the Void. God, now I can't even remember. Touching the into. Yeah. <laughs> um, Touching me. <laughs> Touching so you. it's about two <laughs> mountaineers. It's, it's a true story, right? It's about two mountaineers that go into Peru to conquer this, um, at that time, unconquered or unsummited mountain. Is that Machu Picchu? Uh, it is not. Oh. Uh, is that the only... <laughs> That's the only mountain in Peru I know. <laughs> is it not, Mount Everest? It's not a mountain, um, <laughs> but also, yeah. Okay. Is it Machu Picchu? Um, oh, Machu Picchu is a trail. I believe I believe it's not a mountain. I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure Ma- Machu Picchu is the the uh, the site, like right. the, the okay, settlement. That would make sense. I might be wrong. It might actually be a mountain. <laughs> yeah. So I take that back. Look, take that back. Why don't you talk, is, George? You look. You look it up. You look I'm going to yeah, kill I, you. I will. I will, I will stand down if, if I was wrong. Um, <laughs> Die! <laughs> it was in the news today because they, really, they let one tourist in a day or some shit. Like I, it was headline reading. Um, How do you spell Peach? Just Google, just help me. Google silently. Anyways, it's about these two mountaineers and and basically about them going up um, and then on the way down from this mountain, there's an accident. 
um, and one of the mountaineers breaks their leg. Mm. Um, and it is... It's a little bit rote, isn't it? Oh, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Life. Sorry. <laughs> the true story of the you know the, what happened like twenty years ago when it was formulaic. Yeah, you know, hiker Look. breaks his leg. Come oh, they on. both survived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, but I mean, that's the the thing is, it, it's not the the plot that interests you at all. In fact, it's kind of hard to follow because there's a lot of like colloquialisms. There's a lot of like uh, little like you know the, just mountaineering terms that mm. I had to go look up, and I was like you know, trying to visualize because it's all a lot of like, oh, we we climbed up this particular type of uh, a section on a mountain. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this is really difficult for me to kind of um, visualize in my head. Um, but the way that this guy writes his experience, and, and, and you kind of know what happens because <laughs> it's the guy that breaks his leg that's writing the book. Hmm. Um, but you, the way that he writes it and his kind of commentary on coming to terms with death and you know the decisions that you have to make on the mountain like it was it's it's one of the it's one of the most impressively written books i've read in a very long time and like i I just find it endlessly fascinating and gripping like there's every so once in a while a book will get me like stressed Mm -hmm. and this one definitely does that I'm interested to check out the movie. It's like 2004. Um, yep. It's gotten generally good reviews. Generally good reviews in 2004 means a pretty shit movie nowadays. I'd wait. Well, and that's that's kind of what I On thought the as Benjamin well. Benjamin Smith radiometer. <laughs> and look, you probably wouldn't. Be, it looks just adjusted. adjusted for inflation. <laughs> it looks relatively low budget, mm. and I think they might have spliced in a little bit of a documentary aspect to it. Right. So I mean. Uh, 2004 for me is not a year that I generally associate with great films, How or like dare er, you. early 2000s. <laughs> oh, dare you. Early 2000s era. Um, the, the Departed, my friend. Oh look, yeah. There's, I mean, pick a year. There's a good movie that came out. Um, but just begins. that that style, <laughs> that style of like action Spider-Man film. Two. No, actually, the, right? uh, I don't know, man. Stop, stop naming movies. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man Two. Um, anyways. I want to check out the film. If anyone's interested in books, I, I highly recommend this book. It's not a it's not a long read. Um, it is a little bit jargony, but it, it's the story or just the way that it's written. Sorry, is fucking fascinating. And just to finish this is little Machu Picchu segments of the podcast. Machu Picchu is a 15th century Inca citadel. Oh, it is. Oh, so I was right. In the eastern something. God, I was worried about that. Listen. I hate not being right. <laughs> The important part of it is it says it's on a mountain ridge. So. Did, didn't George say it was a trail and you sort of agreed with him? Well, because it, the, it's the site, right? So there's a trail that's part of the site. but Well, that said it's the citadel. But George said the it was citadel, a mountain. To the citadel. <laughs> um, just since you brought it up, I have also been reading a book this week, which is An very actual book? Really? Or like Me a, too. Uh, no, not a comic book. Um I'm over that. I've grown up now. Um, <laughs> as of two weeks ago. Um, no, because I read a, a collection of short stories the other week nice. um, from which one of oh, yeah, yeah, was adapted yeah, yeah. into the movie Wounds, which yep. I love. Um, and I've actually enjoyed reading so much and I feel like such a fucking troglodyte for being like, hey, have you heard of books? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a movie in your head. Yeah. But um, I, I started reading Robert A. Heinlein's Stranger in a Strange Land. Um, he's the writer of Starship Troopers. Uh, someone gifted me this book like five years ago and I'm like, I will get around to that before I die. 
and I've only got like three years left, so I had yeah. to get on this thing. Um, <laughs> glad you made that joke before I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will report back next week when I've read some more, but I am fucking adoring it. Like I am laughing out loud at a book, which is something yeah. I've, I, I've ignored books so much in my adult the life. The monologue so that you can do in a book is very, very interesting. Mm. It's, it's, I mean, on a, on very, very clunky yeah. in movie format. It's a completely different medium. And mm. I mean, there's a reason that people usually say, "Oh, the book was better," because right? yeah. it's your I imagination mean, is limitless. Yeah, mm. and it, and it's it's there's some movies that I you couldn't you couldn't make me read the the novelization yeah. of because yeah. they're very specific to um, like I mean I think that at least one of the movies that we've watched for um, book club I probably wouldn't. You couldn't pay me to watch or, or, or read the the novelization of it because mm. it just wouldn't be anything to it because it's such a visual movie. Mm. Um, whereas you know other movies where they kind of go the other way, you're like, ugh, this is like mm. you've just added unnecessary visualization onto this. Um, what was I gonna say though? You were reading a book. Were you gonna that was just your, to me? That was it. Um, no, what I find I'm really doing, and I wonder if you do this often, often, Connor, because you read um, a lot more than me. Um, and just like how you said, the, the movie's never as good as the book. Uh, I am, I find that I'm, as a real movie guy, I'm reading this book and I'm, I'm so interested to see a movie version. I would like oh, be so all the time and I'm yeah, like yeah, casting yeah. everyone in it. Yeah. Like Timothy Chalamet is yeah. the stranger in yeah. a strange land. <laughs> how do you do that bit? Yeah. Like I know, he, oh. I know he's in June, but I'm like, yeah. fuck, why'd they get him in June? He'd be so good for this. I, I, and I hundred percent agree. Maybe remove that bit. Mm. We'll oh, keep that bit. That's I how I always it. look at it. I always do it. Mm. Um, particularly with like historic epics as well, like historical fiction. I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be really cool to like have a visualization of some of these battles or, mm. or some of this, like, I just, I always think that that would be really cool. Um, and in my head, it's, it's kind of that perfect, like they'd lift the script off the page mm. and the movie would be four hours mm. and it would have this casting and, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And then, you know, all the things that would be completely unrealistic for a real film. Yeah. I mean, this, <laughs> um, this book is so esoteric and so full of unknowable things and people's inner thoughts. I'm like, I don't know how they could really do this justice, but then I, you have I'd something so like, to say. Then you have something like a Scanner Darkly, which mm. you'd think would be a very difficult thing to put, you know, from the page onto Presumably the screen. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah it, it did end up. Being, but that, that was a movie that we all loved. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think that that's... <laughs> and we all said as much on the episode of the podcast uh, yeah. <laughs> that you can check out yourselves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> disappeared. Uh, Zap. That was really uh, that was See one of my w- one of my uh, one of your favorite moments on the podcast. It was one of one of the, the treasured moments. No, I just I really enjoyed that movie, and I enjoyed mm. talking about that movie with you mm. guys. So, yeah, George, what what did you what have you watched? I'm still going with Tokyo Ghoul. Working my way through that, loving that. Very, very brutal. Mm. Great character development. How characters in anime seem to do something that they don't do. Like they, they, they often swap or they, they go from bad to good or something really mm. cool happens. So there's a lot of fun stuff having with that. So um, enjoying that a lot. Um, I also, my favorite podcast that I like to bring up, The King Cast. <laughs> I actually this week went ahead and watched the episode, watched the um the film that they discussed, which was Creepshow. So this is 1982 film that Stephen King wrote and George A. Romero directed. Mm -hmm. And it's five little short horror anthologies. Listen, these are schlocky. This is not really that well done, but it's a fun little artifact. 
And um, yeah, you can get a lot out of it from that perspective. It, it, I would never recommend this. I would <laughs> recommend this to a Stephen King fan. Or Do you know or, who uh, is recommending it? Shudder. Have really? Mm. Yeah. Creep oh, show. That's the new. That's the, that's new, the new one. They've oh, done, is that the new one? A new series. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Kind of based on that. Because uh, I, I just signed up. Out a, on uh, it. It's spun out a couple of different series over the years. Mm. Gotcha. All right. Interesting. Um, and then I'm also similarly to you guys started reading the Dark Tower. Wow. The oh, that's a. All right, so the first one, right? Yeah. I was okay. going to give you that that anthology book last week and I forgot it. Now now you'll never get to it if no, you start at the Dark Tower series. Well, no, over. yeah, he will because he'll get he might get through the first book and I almost guarantee you you'll stop either there or maybe the second one. Oh. It's it, cuz the first one that's is he published out of short stories in um, a series of like what those sort of weird fiction magazines mm. back in the day. So it's a cobbled together, more of like a single piece. And then Heavenly, the second book is where it really gets very heavy on the lore and the characters. Mm. and Which is, I mean, it's, it's cool. Have so you read it? I've, I've read the first two. And? Uh, I thought they were really interesting, but I just, I found myself. It's quite esoteric, isn't it? The first one is. It's, it's hard to... The, the second one picks up in pace and, like, has more of a oh, actual really? plot okay. and, like, devices and, and oh. things like that. Um, the first one is very, like, as you said, it's very esoteric. It's very kind of, like, the the wandering man type style. Um, but I think each 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 one is in of itself very different from the next. And yeah. I think um, that th- this would be, uh, I mean, you know, the Stand trailer came out this week. You know, that's a fucking hard one to adapt. And same with this one. Same with it. They're always hard to adapt. Um, yeah, I don't even, I don't ethics. know what they were thinking when they tried to do the dark. Well, I know what they were thinking, but like. You know what? what's so interesting about that King cast? And I'm sorry if I'm always plugging it, but that, that Dark Tower, um, that story. Rue the day you ever mentioned that podcast, Ben. That dude, I'm getting so much reality sorry. out of it. Sorry, I really please. love it. Um, but this guy who went to prison for 20 years, falsely <clears throat> accused Damien Nickel, um, you know, part of the, um, I, wanna, I can't remember the name of the. Very high profile murder case. Yeah. Um, the Memphis something. Mm. Um, murders. case, yeah, the Memphis murders. Let's just set the on Memphis that. crimes. This guy was in solitary confinement for fifty percent of his time in twenty years, and he said he's just talking on this podcast about how he read the Dark Tower and these characters. Well, he was so invested in these characters; it was like his lifeline. Mm. And when they get killed off, you know, certain characters get killed off later. It's like he was like he was fucked up, dude. Like it was like losing a friend, and I that was, was like, me watching "Wow, Lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> um, so anyway, it's just the power of storytelling, the power of you know magic. Um, I this, know that this sounds episode really... is, This episode is titled "Have You Heard yeah. of Books?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the printing press. <laughs> I think they're onto something with <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> fuck. Um, the alphabet consists what, of twenty six characters. What has the pandemic done to you two? Like oh, <laughs> just so many bad things. <laughs> Uh, funny thing is, I, funny thing is, I can only read when I'm out of the house. I only do it at the beach. Oh, oh. The beach is the best time. To, oh, totally. But quarantine find, like never got me reading at all. I find that uh, actually the bus is where I most love reading because it's that time where you would normally not be doing anything. Mm. So I used to power through books. When Mate, I was I'm the busy bus. on you the bus. I have so much Sudoku to play. Are you kidding me? <laughs> is that your new Tetris? 
Um, no, Tetris is at home. Sudoku's for out of the house. Sudoku, yeah. please don't bring that up on my podcast. <laughs> What's wrong with Sudoku? Sudoku. 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 Okay. You know what I'm talking All right, about. Let's get into the, the next part. All right. The news? <laughs> the <laughs> news! Sure. We've, as you can the see, new we've adaptation really the of Sudoku is hitting now. cinemas in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Okay. So following up from last week where we heard that bizarrely, um, Jamie Foxx would be in some fashion reprising his role as Electro in um, the MCU's Spider-Man 3. Um, now we know that Doctor Strange uh, will be joining them, which if you guys had, I mean, we didn't. We were all sure this would be some kind of multiverse story, but if anyone had any um, doubts about that, this pretty much locks that in, I'm sure. I mean, it it technically doesn't because it's still an MCU all right, Connor. movie. <laughs> oh, no, I, I was trying to, like, unless I'm missing something. <laughs> but unless I'm missing something, having Doctor Strange in a Spider-Man movie wouldn't be that bizarre because they had Iron Man in a... Um, a no, totally. But just in terms of what they're doing with Doctor Strange in this phase of the MCU, it seems like, you know, Doctor Strange... In is the that kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It better gotcha. be fucking good. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, because they're taking a big I'm, swing here. I'm, I'm expecting something from Doctor Strange because he I'm, has I'm, not delivered. Oh, oh he that's did interesting. Infinity War. He's he great did, in Infinity he did, War. But what did he do in Endgame? What did anyone do in Endgame? Fuck yeah, that movie. He was, he was dead for ninety <laughs> percent. What are you like? Are you no. are you resting that on <laughs> no, his shoulders? Fuck you, Doctor like, Strange. What? I was actually, I literally, <laughs> do you know, what? I literally just threw that statement out there, not remembering what, what happened to Doctor Strange, and just wait for. I it. wish, yeah. I wish yeah, that was in the movie. Fucking literally, nothing that in is that the movie. internet, isn't it? Just I wish, throw something out there with no foundation. I wish that was in a movie. He came back, and the Avengers are like, "Where you been, bro?" Yeah, it's like, like you've done fucking nothing. I've been dead for five years. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was really, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling Benedict Cumberbatch in that movie. He like barely yeah. showed up. Um, he had COVID for the whole book. Fuck. So, uh, I, I, if the, I think I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this last week, but if this is the route that they're going, I like that they're taking a punt because I don't think that them doing the same thing would necessarily cut it. I think that they really need to expand. I think they need exactly. to Exactly. And doing a multiverse involving Spider-Man is really original. I mean, of the scale <laughs> and like I mean we can for the best audience. I know, I know, for the I best audience it is, I reckon. <laughs> Fuck, that's so sad that, that movie didn't do better. Well, um Spider-Verse. But um Spider-Verse did well, didn't it? it no, it did Wait, fine. It did yeah. alright. Um like it did well. It did not do well for a movie that is both animated and Spider-Man. Animated movies and Spider-Man movies crack a billion. All the time. Not what this did, one. What was this? Six hundred or something? Made seventeen dollars at the box office. <laughs> what was the last? What was the last <laughs> animated Spider-Man film? Spider-Verse. No, no, no. Before, I mean, before that, there wasn't one. Okay. Oh, sorry. You said that like animated and Spider-Man always crack a billion. No, no. I said animated movies yeah. um, from the big like animated children's films oh, always I crack a billion. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man movies Spider-Man. always crack a billion. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was, was like yeah. I was trying to rag my brain. I was like, "There's no way there that was I'm a that, semi-colon. that far out of the loop." That I'm just. I'm like, Did I was you like, not I've never heard. I mean, have you seen Amazing Spider-Man yeah. too? That was pretty good. <laughs> um, anyway, I think when we talked about Spider-Man kind of getting kicked out of the MCU, and that was a, a thing they were sort of tossing about, and um, it looked like Sony might have to keep making this franchise without the help of you know, Tony Stark and all this stuff. As MCU franchises go, I'm like, that is one that can really stand on its own. And I think that'd be okay. Um, I, I'm, of course, hoping that what they're doing here works out. But I, I don't love the idea of them always making Peter have this, like, sidekick or be a sidekick to another MCU character. Like, Spider-Man is 
pretty much the strongest brand that Marvel has, except for maybe like Iron Man now. Um, and it seems weird that they keep kind of throwing the him behind these other kid. characters. But that that brand in is this one based off the fact that he is a he's a kid, he's a teenager. It was it was that new absolutely. Kind of... But in the comics, his thing is he's on his own. He always has to fend yeah. for himself. He's not one of yeah. the Avengers necessarily. He has to solve his but own problems, that... and his life fucking sucks. But isn't that a consequence, or <laughs> like just the fact of the matter that at the MCU, like yeah. you can't get everything right for that character. You can't get everything right for all these characters in this shared universe. Like, there's compromises that have but to very, be made. But very simply, very simply speaking, Spider-Man 3 <sighs> in this continuity doesn't have to be we're bringing in Doctor Strange and all the other Spider-Men. Can I tell you? You can. I actually really fucking yawn at this multiverse thing. Yeah. I'm like... Really? I'm like... Well, considering- just on paper... Like, that's not enough for me. Like, you got to fucking blow me away because, to be honest, what was the last one? It was Homecoming and then... Uh, Far From Home. Far From Home. Far From Home it was very lackluster, in my opinion. Very, very lackluster. Oh, right. So not you're going to have to... You, so from, from a, a franchise that seems to be heading in more of a young adult fashion, from Homecoming, which seems more like a typical MCU film with... Far from home, seem more of like hitting that tweeny teeny um, market, tweeny, which tweeny. I don't care about. That's fine, but then to compound that even further, if 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 I'm right in saying it's going further in that direction, adding in the multiverse aspect as well, like I'm just not sure if this is right now on paper. This this is not saying to me anything other than let's see. But none of this is really. I think a lot of people are getting a lot of, oh, what could this mean? What could that mean? For me, like right now, with the, the, actually last week when we were talking about it, I was a lot more keen on it. To hear Doctor Strange coming in, maybe I've got a bit of the sentiment that you're bringing forward, Benny. It was a bit more of a like a, yeah, so what? Didn't he turn up in Thor or didn't Thor turn up in Doctor Strange or some bullshit? Like, mm. Yeah, so that's, who that's kind of... Fucks? that the, the news itself doesn't really kind of shock me, but it, it does lean it more towards it being a multiverse. And, mm. and I mean... From my perspective, what more do you really want from them? I mean, like it's not to tie into the Amazing Spider-Man. It's just movies. like put it this but way. I, mean, I, I kind of love that because it, it does and it doesn't, right? It, it maintains the purity. It's it's, Here, here's it's the basically thing. Here's a way the thing. for here's Marvel th- to have their cake and eat it too. Here's the I biggest problem. Here's the biggest problem is on paper time travel in MCU. Holy fuck! When we saw that behind the scenes shit, those photos. Like, my mind was racing. And then to get the convoluted mechanics they actually brought forward, it, they didn't give two fucks. So, like, will the multiverse... Uh, that's what I'm worried about. Right, is Will the what? multiverse actually work mm. mechanically, satisfactorily? You know, so will it... I recently wa- re-watched Endgame. I don't think I talked about it in the... Um, not. But, I mean, that's... Shameful. That, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, what am I going to say? I watched it again. Um, well, you're bringing something up now. I am bringing it up now, so because specifically to what you were saying, which is that the time travel, which a lot of people, including us, spent a lot of time analyzing and looking at the mechanics of and doing this, that, or the other thing, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, I rewatched it, and it's just not that big of a deal. In fact, it made more sense this time, if if I'm honest, as well. Like, I think the mechanics actually do generally work out, but... I mean, beyond that, it's it's not that important, mm. and they don't really, they don't. It's it's. It, I mean, it's kind of in, inconsequential to the overall story and, and what they're trying to achieve. And that's just how I 
that's just kind of the value I put on different things within a story. Like if you're bringing in time travel and it doesn't matter and, and you have Tony Stark crack it in a day, then I then I'm like, okay, I kind of prefer when Tenet does something that's super interesting and engaging um, intellectually. Um, but, but this is not an argument we need to get into again. Yeah, um, I mean, for, for the purposes of doing what they needed to do, I don't open Pandora Pandora's box of time travel. But <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think it's time fine that they did they, because they didn't satisfy me on time travel. So mm. all, all this is all I'm saying. This yeah. is this is all I'm saying. I'm not saying they're gonna fuck up the multiverse. I'm like all I'm saying is my the past most relatable thing to this was the end game ta- time travel. And I personally, as a viewer, as a fan of time traveling films, was felt underwhelmed. Mm. And I thought that the level of experimentation that probably could have occurred was not fully explored. And that's why I'm worried that the multiverse is just going to be like, is it going to be fully explored? Hey, it's Andrew Garfield. And I am in an especially vulnerable position here because I have been doing so much actual comic book reading lately because I'm a nerd. And um, I've been doing a kind of a deep dive into a lot of the DC stuff from the past few years that is doing, in my opinion, just such amazing, interesting work with the multiverse, in particular Grant Morrison's multiversity. Um, and I, I, like, it's something that doesn't do what that was aiming for, which I, I, I don't know if they, they would necessarily it's bother. It's like, yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, especially it really in that time, right? It's so meta and so interesting. MCU but. has what per phase 10 or even less films. So they have to like, tell an arc or or kind of encapsulate an idea of like the multiverse in in those kind of films whereas comic books you can have entire runs yeah. in single universes and then totally. like mix it and it's it's just not the form that you, you're not going to get the best version of the multiverse i can i can tell you that now like yeah. save yourself any multiverse kind of definitely works better in um uh comic book yeah. or, or but what i do like word format is that comparatively the mcu has been rel- like it has been slowly expanding. I think this is the next stage of that. It's not going to be revolutionary, but I don't need it to be. I just need it to expand the way it's been expanding for the last 10 years, which is it started out with these kind of single piece, Iron Man, Thor, all that kind of, like, you know, Captain America, and, and progressively introduced, you know, this kind of interconnected web of characters and supplementary characters and different settings and space and, you know, teams and grand villains across... Iron Fist. Uh, One challenge they have, though. Yeah. One challenge they have, though, is being out of the zeitgeist for this long. Like, I I think, you know, Black Widow, when it eventually comes out, is it going to be a bit of a... Yeah. Oh, Probably probably would have been anyway. I I could have told you that. but, (laughs) but, But they haven't released a film in, what, a year now? It's the longest break they've had since like so yeah Iron ant-man Man ant-man versus the wasp comes out but there are there's so much just the snowball is that big the momentum's going that it, you know hey we blip a little bit we'll get like you know what i mean it's still going yeah the snowball is not as big right now and if black widow isn't as strong if this isn't as strong if that isn't as strong DC, very quickly, DC is in a much better position than Marvel. I mean, they're in the same COVID-ridden world yeah, that I Marvel's in, so not, not that yeah. great of a position. Just Yeah, I'm talking about in five years mm. sort of time frame. Oh, you know. um, I mean, anything could happen in five anything years. Anything can happen. <laughs> But you know, like, I mean, it's such a helpful argument. Conor. But I mean, but, you know, it was, but, so I mean, was like, could but I mean, but, I mean like, that's 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 kind that's why of I'm my speculating. Point. I'm speculating yeah. right now. I think that 
if we're speculating, I don't see Marvel giving up the top position, right? They've done so much work to build these universes. Oh, Disney will own the entire world in yeah, seven like, years. I'm not worried Are we about talking that. about Disney changing um, to more streaming? I mean, we keep talking about we, it, but we, they're we, clearly we will not. Come along that. Well, uh, okay. Is that a topic? Let's work towards this because there is something that ties into this, I think, with Disney+, Plus, whereby all of the... Um, the older non-MCU Marvel films have a new designation on Disney Plus within the streaming service, which is Marvel Legacy. And I think giving them a specific brand like that is a massive step towards this MCU multiverse. Yeah, I think giving it a name makes it a property that they can do a crossover with like that. So, What do they know, call the Star Wars one? Uh, Legends. Legends. Similar kind of concept, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and then they can do anything with it. I, I think... Um, you can tap into it, bring in Hugh Jackman. Oh, exactly, yeah, it's yeah. a legacy thing. I, I think what they're why they're fucking around with this multiverse is because then they can just pick and choose yeah. any little thing from the past, anything that could make them some money. Um, and it's the smartest way to do it because right? that's what they basically want to do yeah. is they want to have like ways to configure things mm. to for product market mm. fit. Mm. So hey, this got like Keanu Reeves is in the cultural zeitgeist and picking up. We've got access to this character. We do this. Okay, we're bringing out this film. You know, they can. I know it sounds very like marketing driven, but, but that's what it, it is. is marketing Disney. driven. <laughs> yeah. so. but it's also, I mean, like, just think about it. Sorry, this is this Sorry is a very bubble. obvious way to bring in things like Deadpool, yeah. which we knew they were going to yeah. have to do somehow. Yeah, right. Fuck Deadpool. Um, <laughs> worst worst superhero of all time. Uh, or, sure, he is um, definitely not a good superhero in terms of yeah, actually being a hero. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, but I mean, you're right. It, it means that they can bring in any number of, they could bring in Charles Xavier as either, you know, pick one. Did Julie um, re-age him like they did in X-Men 3 for the whole movie? They could bring in both iterations of the Fantastic Four, which is oh. about on par with what they're doing with fucking Electro. Wow. That is such a weird place to start with this, this whole it prospect. It starts turning I into still, Power I, Rangers I, I still at think, this rate. I still think that it would be fine. Uh, I think that's the... the it's the most obvious choice to go with Electro. Like I, I know. Wow, we we went through this last time. Not you not, can't bring not, in not Tobey Maguire's Spider Man. No, because all right. So it, it also depends on how Electro. they're doing it. it also that depends is on the how most obvious. Okay, discuss. It depends on how <laughs> they're doing it, right? No, we can't do that. Everything depends on how they're doing it. No, no I'm saying like <laughs> I'm saying if you just want to pick a property, a part of a previous franchise that is yeah. going to get people excited, <gasps> yeah, then you wouldn't have picked Iron Man. Or Thor. No, it's because they... No, something the, pre-existing with a previous with an attached actor from another franchise. Okay. You wouldn't say <laughs> Jamie Foxx's Electro. I think you would. You are fucked. You it makes sense. insanity. No, it's, it's Connor, talking This is about. such a Connor Hindsight. No, no, no. We did this... I we, knew that was going to happen in the movie. There's, there's no way, because I, I talked about this last week. Because if you take an the existing property that people already week. love, then you're not only risking that you fuck up that character, but it's becoming with so much Marvel's like high expectation that. baggage. Whereas if you take Electro, I mean, this is a chance <laughs> to bring in a character that people don't have Franco. any particular... <laughs> People don't have any particular attachment to Mary to Jane Watson, played by <laughs> Shailene Woodley, from a cut scene in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Woo! Oh, I'm sorry, brother. I just can't follow you down there. Like, I understand what you're saying because, yes, they, they risk nothing by trying to rejuvenate something that they fucked up the first time. But um, 
I'm just saying in terms of getting people hyped for the concept of a, an ongoing multiverse story, I think the what MCU, they would want to do is bring in something that people do love. Like when Wolverine shows up in X-Men or something, it's like, holy shit, Wolverine's in first class. That's really cool. You know, they, they <laughs> was don't, it though? <laughs> they don't, it was really cool in first class. Oh, they, first they, class yeah. they don't bring in Toad from X-Men and people <laughs> are like, Ray Park is but here. That, <laughs> but that's, again, that's... It was tough, if, if you're looking at it from a point <laughs> of like <laughs> people <laughs> being like really excited for... Electro, and I don't think that that's what people are going to go watch this film for. Electro. Oh, please, like, can we still talk about Jonah Jameson makes sense, you know, because people love him and they love that actor in that My role. My point, exactly. That it's coming no, with it's too much baggage. I, yes. I remain skeptical. I remain very, very Always. skeptical. That's a good idea. I mean, on the MCU, and I wonder if I'm going to become a DC guy. Yeah, we've turned so we've oh, pivoted. Fuck, <laughs> fuck the MCU! Woo! Oh man, I am so keen. We, I'm so keen for um these bloody TV series that are coming out. Though there's been a bunch of Falcon and Winter Soldier photos coming out. Uh, that one, that one <laughs> Wait, you're not keen for one division? Oh, one division, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just throwing out shit again. Uh, I'm not really sold on these TV shows. <laughs> he just mentioned Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I gave my bodily response to that. <laughs> Have you seen the photos that he's talking about? <laughs> no. No. Yeah. no, I refuse to. That's fine. You'll see them eventually. <laughs> yeah, when they're yeah. in, in I'll the see TV them show. when they're moving in front of my eyes. I'm no. definitely more excited for one division than I am for. Um, Falcon and I'm more excited for I'm, I'm really am, not vibing anything. MCU right now. Like I'm in really? a very non MCU mode. I think that that I think that is actually you have, you have really stumbled onto a point there, whereby there it's just been that long since a release because it's such a like a cyclical. You watch a movie, you get excited for the next one, and it's been such a pause right now. It's like eh, there's one coming up next year that's a prequel. There's no momentum. Who gives mm. a fuck? Like the main mm. story arc, the big story arc's complete. That's it's also. It's the timing of when they've had this gap, right? Because there's like it's there's nothing kind of there's no cliffhanger, there's no nothing keeping you mm. on the edge of your seat, really. Mm. Like it's imagine I'm not sure what direction this would even go in, but imagine if this happened like pre Infinity War and Endgame or like in between yeah. somehow. Even oh, it would be insane. Wow. People like, would be losing their fucking minds. They would have, imagine if they had the it's like oh, Endgame's coming out in theaters and then we'd be having a completely different conversation so yeah i think a lot of it has to do with the timing of how this no no big happened. discussion on this because we're way off track but do you think <laughs> if endgame had been delayed the way black widow is and eventually got released covid or whatever um do you think it would have done better or worse than it did worse i oh. i would probably tend to agree yeah That's i think i, I mean, think the I fact that it... that one year time frame was so hammered in yeah. I just think you it would have just edged it I would edge 10 15% off. Takes the air out of it, yeah. Yeah. I mean it's about expectation. It's about delivering on expectation, right? Yeah. Even with Tenet, you know, it's like It'll be interesting to see when the first movies that kind of come out in the mainstream of films that have been delayed, mm. how they do, whether it's kind of marred by this kind of, you know, apathy that people have developed potentially or whether people are like fuck i've waited for this for so long i'm so keen on this you know it could i don't know which way it's going to go and it'll be really in you know i <sighs> we'll never be able to find out either because yeah, there's, there's not going to be a switch that flips and it's yeah. like okay the world's safe again you can go back it's yeah. always going to be stuck i think we're at a really big stage where 
you know, we've held on to a lot of these industries and stuff, and it's sad that these, that like the floor has fallen beneath them. Like, it's yeah. really sad. But I work in it, brother. <laughs> you know, like this whole narrative that everyone pushes, like, we've heard it before with, you know, going from the analog film days to the digital age. Oh, digital sucks, digital this. Digital looks amazing. Look at what stuff David Fincher produces. Mm. Same kind of narrative here with like, the cinema, you're not going to experience it on the cinema. Mate, I've watched things on my phone that have emotionally affected me. Like, you know what I mean? Obviously, it's a different experience. I love going to the cinema. But like, you know, Haunting of Hill House deeply affected me. And I watched that at home. Mm. Like, I, I think the paradigm shift, like, we're going to talk about this in a sec. But the paradigm shift is going to happen fast. And I don't think... It's not like people are not going to get as much enjoyment out of stuff, you know? So, like, I understand, like, from an industry perspective, super sad. But some of these narrative pushes, it's very sort of geared with an agenda um, to me, you know? Yeah, I get that. Should we move on to the next piece of news? Just ah! Oh, my God. George screamed so loud the camera angle changed. <laughs> um, so, yes. It's very abrasive. This is just basically a follow-up to what we've been talking about all year, but uh, Pixar's Soul will be releasing directly to Disney Plus as Mulan did. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be exactly the same release thing because Mulan is now obviously available on demand everywhere else as well as Disney Plus, which is really interesting, um, like Apple Gradual movies rollout. and stuff. Yeah. Makes sense because then you want... Yeah, it does make sense. I think. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so obviously they have decided that this is viable enough for them to keep pushing it. Um, because Pixar, while this isn't one of their big franchise movies, Pixar is a big cash cow for them. <sighs> <laughs> but I mean, there's precedent for that. That's because the correct they, response. That, that's what they did with their uh, previous um, Pixar release, which was so, uh, Onward. So, yes, on. <laughs> On, Onward was a very tumultuous time, though. That had released to theaters, <laughs> then then everywhere shut down, and they had the kind of role Continue with the insane its, situation yeah. that was going on. Um, this is obviously a much more calculated move saying theaters are open. Um, and I'm not sure if this is releasing in theaters in other parts of the world where it's okay, like here, because Mulan mm. didn't release here in theaters, um, even though we've got pretty fully operating theaters right now. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, this is the future. Um, I think we, I, I believe they are, they're restructuring the business, right? To be more focused on streaming. So how do you think that this, you know, two, three years from now, when hopefully COVID is not an issue, um, how do you see that this working? Like, do you think that they will release digital on the same day that they release um, theater? Do you think it'll be like a week or two apart, a month apart? I like think they'll be like, there's going to be now <laughs> another tier there's going to be more tiers. Like now it's like, it goes to streaming or Access it goes to, to cinema. Access to like our, our premium. There'll be like, it go, it's at the cinema and it's on streaming platforms or it's just on the streaming platform or it's the premium pricing. I think there's going to be a lot of different configurations that they'll need to probably yeah. test and reiterate on mm. to figure out. Because this is a whole new model. Like this is a whole new uncharted territory. Like what is the model? They're going to have to figure that out. You know, and previously Netflix did all the groundwork there because... You know they were the they were the uh, they were the early movers in the market. Well, they were an alternate distribution model. They weren't. But in terms doing of streaming, it in conjunction. In right? terms of streaming, like yeah, yeah. Disney Plus, Disney, they didn't have to do nearly as much R and D because they just go, oh, look the interface. We just kind of yeah. sort of. So I, I guess my point is that like, what they're going to have to figure out now 
is how do we, you know, release theater and streaming and make it like do the most money. Yeah. Do the most money. <laughs> yeah. Do the make, money. <laughs> make 20 the most million money out of that or or make it like, you know, kind of strategically do that whereas before it was do I release it theatrically or do I go to Netflix? And I think it's one of those things where you're going to have to know your market. You know, like a horror film. Maybe a horror film's going to do better at, at a cinema or maybe, you know, a kid's film's going to do better uh, on a streaming platform because it's more convenient. Like, I think I think it's going to... I think there's going to be so much more diversity in the way they release... Is that a technical thing? Error? <laughs> playing you? Two in a row. <laughs> <sighs> Luckily, though, we've all lost interest in whatever we're talking about, so we can move on Christ. to Movie Book Club. Well, wait, there was one other piece of like <laughs> no, semi-news. There was no more news. Did we want to talk about the Batman? Shut down, has it? Well, it was shut down, and, and there's also... Um, oh, rumors. Rumors. Uh, of, uh, I'm, of, not in, I'm not yeah. indulging in this nonsense, please. <laughs> you know, I love Joe Rogan, but one thing he has done for the world is he's fucking put a flame under conspiracy theories. <laughs> he has just made it, like, okay for you to believe whatever the fuck. I'm and I'm not saying that Fairly certain not, you've just started a 35-minute conversation right now, <laughs> and I need to not, leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if that is not... I, I, that is not saying... He, he, that's not saying anything about him not or having corona. Are you alleging that Joe Rogan knowingly and willingly? Did I just like black out and like miss where you explained what the hell you're talking about? I think it was a little meta joke he was making. Anyway, carry on, George. You're in charge. Movie book club. Yeah. Round 21. Round 21. 22? 21. Is it actually 21? 22 if we had... Oh. Scan the darkly. Oh. The fallen. I need to update my my naming. The fallen. Um, yeah, this was your pick, Ben. Do you want to run us through what your two picks were and and which one you want to talk about first? Yeah, sure. So as I as I um led on on the show last week, we we decided to do two uh, a double feature of horror movies each week, um for spooky Halloween. Um, and I just kind of opened a list of just random movies that I like that I keep on my phone. Um, before the show and saw instantly like five that I wanted to pick. I'm like, shit. And then we got to the end of the show and I opened it again and saw an additional six. I'm like, Ugh. so I kind of just picked whatever jumped out at me. Um, and I think what I've actually managed to do here is is pick like the most random double feature that anyone's ever put together of movies. They, they just... don't belong together at all, no, apart from the fact that they yeah. sort of share the genre, sort of, not of even, horror. Not even close. Um, and uh, I... I've, I find uh, it's like, uh, I don't know, chocolate and peanut butter or something. They really complement each other nicely. Um, I, uh, I In picked, weird ways, yeah. I picked Housebound, um, a little Kiwi comedy from 2012, 2014. Um, 14. Yeah? 14. Don't interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> Speak when spoken to, you little shit. He said speaking to him. Um, I... Uh, I had seen this many years ago. I could not remember at all off the top of my head how much it tips its hat as to being a comedy. Um, so I kind of wanted to just show it to you guys going in blind because I remembered it was surprisingly scary. Um, so I'm like, maybe this could be a little bait and switch for them. Uh, it didn't necessarily turn out that way. But um, And I also picked The Neon Demon, something I watched, I think, last year. Um, uh, Nicholas uh, Rend Rending... With Riffin, I'm really Riffin, glad that you were Riffin. fucking up the name because I've been practicing it all afternoon. <laughs> Nicholas Vinding Reffin film that I um, watched and 
man, this fucking thing just washed over me. And it's one of those ones that I, I'm not sure I enjoyed in the moment, but it stayed with me for a long time and was really keen to revisit um, and spent all week dreading that I had made you guys sit through it as well. But um, yeah, random two movies. Yeah. Where do we start? Can we, can we talk about Neon Demon first? Sure, sure, sure. Because this is the way, this is the, um, uh, this is the order that I watched them in. Mm-hmm. I watched Neon Demon first. I did it the other way. Interesting. Um, I also did it the other way. I, so I've watched, I think, two of his films previously. I don't know how many he's released. A, a few at this point. Yeah. So you've seen um, Drive. Post Beyond the Pines. Oh, no, I've seen four then. I've seen, or sorry, three. Oh, a different dude? It is a different dude, isn't it? Huh. Yeah, okay. So no, I've seen Drive. Wait, the guy who did Drive <laughs> didn't do Place Beyond the Pines? Who did Ryan really? Gosling's in it. <laughs> who did Place Beyond the Pines? Oh. Freddie. Freddy. Freddy. It's Thank Freddy. God. I was waiting like for the Jeff. second half of yeah. that. Like, what? Like, <laughs> You're typing it in. <laughs> no, that's, why is there not a film director just called Freddy? Like, why do they always have to have second name of pompous fucks? Your internet shit, so oh, it's not man. going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so My salty. God, there's two Connors here. <laughs> <laughs> so salty. <laughs> Can you look up what his last few films yes. are? Anyway, so I've watched that. I've watched the one... With also with Ryan Gosling. Only God forgives. Only God forgives. That's mm. the other one. Um, Derek, Derek Gian France did. Place Derek Jeter. Can you look up what, what else Nicholas Redding Vinding Revan Vinding Revan has done? Um, anyway, so but I, I was pretty sure I had a, a a good grasp on his style, and so I went into this pretty confident that I knew what it was going to be like. There's mm. going to be lots of pauses. Lots of like kind of techno low beat music. Slow unnatural dialogue. Slow unnatural dialogue. Um, lots of staring off into space and like interruptions with kind of just beautiful shots. Um, and lo and behold, <laughs> oh, and there's going to be lots of gore, like, you know, with people getting their stomachs slashed open, which apparently is a, a theme with this guy. Sudden, quite shocking gore. Um, is his thing. Yeah. Beautiful um, cinematography. Like, so why don't we crisp, start there? The crispness of the imagery, the photo, the photo quality is just very, very crisp, very shiny. It's got almost like this shiny. It almost feels futuristic. I watched like a 4K transfer of this on like a fucking 60 inch UHD TV. Amazing. Mm. It's um visually this movie is stunning it, as it, as are his previous films. Mm. But there's there's you know there's a sharpness that if you know David Fincher brings with like the detail but this one has almost like a sh- a shininess like a luminescence to it. It's his lighting. The, it's the way that he does yeah. lighting and color. Like and and I mean it does feel very much like neon. I mean better <laughs> say one could almost call it neon. Yeah. Um and it it that really translates well through uh, particularly if you've got a good Good TV and, and mm. particularly good sound as well. I was listening to this with headphones on, and it's <sighs> sounds it's, so good. Mm. Oh, it's it's it's, it's one of those soundtracks that you're like, I could bop to this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so but I mean, a huge emphasis on those qualities. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, that's very much where his emphasis as a film director is. Um, narratively, he's not. He's very unfocused in a way. Like he's he 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 focuses on like. Feelings and like tones. Mm. You could imagine him if he was, if you were to sort of pick his brains on the sort of qualities between a book and a a novel and a film, 
I think he would see a lot more of a discrepancy than maybe we've had in our conversations. Well, the way he makes films, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, his, his mindset is very much, he's so visually driven. Oh, because Drive as a book would be like 60 pages exactly. long. Yeah. Well, and exactly. Well, I, I mentioned it in, in, a, in the previous part of the episode, which is that, that you know, if I had to read the novelization of this book, I'd be over, I'd be done in 10 minutes and I'd be bored. Mm. Um, but it, no, it, it, leaves, it yeah. leaves an impression regardless you know yeah so he's very he's very into making or building atmosphere and tension Mm. um but i don't think he could write a character to save his life Mm. you know at least anyone that i'd be interested in you know knowing more about or seeing i mean i think this apart from like the visual nuances of this film i found it very kind of one-dimensional dry yeah I mean, these aren't characters like like his other films these are ideas i think and yeah motifs. i mean but like even like very very simplistic ones yeah of, of, yeah, yeah. of you know uh keanu reeves character i found very keanu uh strange in that he just kind of seemed like his character didn't I, I felt like it didn't mean anything it wasn't you know like he wasn't an interesting character i didn't really care about it's interesting in the fact that it was Keanu Reeves in this weird there was, little Yeah, I mean, there was that, movie. yes. But, I mean, just like, you know, he was not seen at a, you know, he just kind of left the movie at one point, and I was like, I couldn't care less. Like, I, I wasn't curious as to what happened to him. Well, one of the big things I took away from these two films, uh, comparing and contrasting them, is how much, um, if I'm invested in the characters... My general, I am much more enthralled in the film. Mm. So like every little thing is that much more heightened for me. So particularly in a horror film, when if I'm invested in the characters, I'm going to be that much more scared, mm. you know, and, and not, I'm not saying that these films are trying to do a similar thing. They're trying to do a very, very different thing, but I'm very much sort of like spectating in the neon demon. Like I'm sort of watching this, from afar. Yeah, whilst with um, the other one, Hell House or Housebound, sorry, Hell House. Fuck Hell yeah. Housebound. Um, I feel like I'm there with the characters. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I mean, that's... And I mean, that's, just, you could, that's just vision and that's just a, a, yeah. a directional choice. That, you could start this movie, Neon Demon. You could start it at any point and you wouldn't be worse for wear on it. Like it, it, it I don't feel as though you really need to b- begin at the beginning, so to speak. Um, because it is about... You know, it's more it's the visualization it's the, the the atmosphere it's the tension it's it's all that and and there's no kind of driving force behind it like it's, i think it's got a lot on its mind it's it's about as subtle as a sledgehammer but i think it's really doing some interesting things in terms of kind of theme and and in terms of a movie that's dealing with not necessarily gender politics but how the world treats women and or how values, women yeah how women, treat, of, how women, women treat women as well yeah. and how they're valued for their beauty um it kind of stands apart from simpler films that i would mm. say are so much more um black and white about you know girl power and and stuff kind yeah. of the, the pop feminism stuff whereas this is like virtually all the characters in this are women and they run the gamut from you know the innocent little doad l fanning to like literal cannibals like that is a really interesting dynamic to be examining in such a um such an abstract way that's really not 
like like I said, it's not subtle, but it's also not like throwing a message down your head. It's like this is just yeah. A it felt like a movie that that took an interesting theme and decided that they were going to be really kind of pseudo cerebral about it, mm. and you know, kind of. I mean, it's it's someone trying to make an art project. I um, mean. Which is yeah. not a necessarily a bad thing. No, I, I mean this but, is well in, into the realm of more art house film. Yeah, um, but when I, I think that to your point, George, when I'm watching a film, I kind of want to, in some ways, be swept away by it. And I think that there's two things that allow me to do that. One of which is plot, and the other is character. Mm. Neither I, of which are present. Yeah, exactly, right? Mm-hmm. I need one of those. I don't care which it is. Yeah. And and the the, the thing that be excellent. Oh, I mean both <laughs> is is the the ultimate yeah. pinnacle, but I mean when I think like so just to kind of compare this to um something like Tenet, which we've kind of discussed in this vein as well, didn't have great character, mm. but it definitely had very interesting plot mm. yep. mechanics, right? And that kept me going. I was interested. I was yeah. like, "Oh, fuck, I want to figure this out." All that Whereas this, I was kind of like, I could start and stop this movie whenever. There's nothing keeping me here. There's nothing driving me. It's, the visuals it's a gorgeous are visual. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, while I'm watching people, it, that's I'm not. Gonna be, I reckon somebody who's more into music, like maybe in somebody who's not even into this movie to our level, you know, they could go watch this and maybe even get more out of it. Cause it's almost like a music video, right? Mm. It very. I mean, it very much is. And, you know, I think that if you approach it like that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. So um, I, I was surprised by this film. This is my second time watching it last night. And we started it at about quarter to midnight. And I was tired watching Housebound. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this movie. And I was like, oh, fuck, I have work tomorrow. I have to watch it tonight. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it started up. And my first kind of thoughts were like, I don't know if I actually like this movie. I don't remember if I enjoyed it. And mm. why the fuck did I ask the boys to watch this? Because mm. um, this, this is... Like, this isn't even a horror movie. It's like when you recommend Drive to someone and you're like, oh, this is a real, like, gamble. Yeah, as that to movie was it... super hyped up as well. And I was yeah. quite disappointed with it when it came out. And I think revisiting it, I'd probably think it's pretty solid. But um, um, as it stands, rewatching this, um, I was surprisingly enthralled. I can't believe how well I made it through it going, it's a long movie. And getting all the way to 2 a.m. watching this, I was like, I'm, I'm really digging this. And, and each scene that would go by... You know, we got like a, a a third into the movie, and I'm like, I remember everything that's already happened. I can't remember anything else that happens in this movie, but each scene came by, I'm like, oh, the, yeah, this, this, yeah, this. yeah. Um, and I was just really digging it, even when it goes into this weird, like, random, like, six minute trance sequence in a club. Mm. I'm just like, man, this is really odd and experimental. Yeah. It kind of reminded it. It made me feel how I wanted to feel watching that Robert Pattinson space movie. High Life. High Life, yeah, yeah which I think had some kind of similar similar motifs in it. But um yeah, uh, yeah I I fucking enjoyed it more than I expected watching yeah. it a second time. And it also scared the shit out of me at the end when one of those models took a swing at El Fanning which was running by the running inside the house. It really surprised me because I forgot that that movie actually does get a little creepy towards the end. Um what is something so interesting about this film, which really shat me off, was it was on Netflix for a spell. Um, and I, luckily enough, had already seen it and kind of gotten what I needed to out of it. But you know how when you hover over something on Netflix, it plays a little preview? You know what the first image to pop up in the preview is? It's the the model eating the eyeball at the end of the film. I'm like, uh, 
that's probably not what you should do as like the teaser that's, image that, for yeah, this yeah, film. No yeah, that's, that's a real good way to get a witch reaction out of Connor for this. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I... I mean, I'm lucky because as I said, I, I know this guy's style. And like, yeah. you, I knew what I was going for going mm. in. Like that's... If you were to show this to someone just kind of... Out of the blue. Out of the blue, I think you'd have some fairly disappointed people. But um, Potentially. I mean, it depends on the audience you're looking at. Like I said, I was surprised on my second viewing at how much I enjoyed it. Mm. Um, but I definitely had the thought that uh, eh, the guys probably won't like this too much because I, like, I, I love what you're saying about um, plot and character because I definitely agree with that. Um, but I also do really strive to kind of take in things that are, are a little more off the beaten path and, mm. and try to get my own thing out of it, them. Look, it's a gorgeous music video. Mm. And, it, and it's very cerebral uh, music video. But that's, that's how I would describe it. I it's, think what, was, what, what I will say in terms of thematics was it was interesting to see the different... Like, I feel like there was a little bit of Black Swan in this for me. And, you know, in Black Swan, you kind of had, oh, here's the new girl, here's the old girl. It was kind mm. of like a bit of a duality. Whilst I feel like this one, there was a few different combinations of experiences that different people were at with mm. their like you know the girl with the plastic surgery you know the main girl who didn't have any plastic surgery the washed up you know there was like you kind of see how they've all been inundated into this world it was almost like it. what i wanted velvet buzzsaw to be in a way <laughs> you know there was like some of those underlying things there that i wanted yeah, to explore even more mm. um but like some of those areas yeah there's like almost like a little bit Within this style, it's hard to ask for more, but I kind of wanted almost like those areas to be even more explored mm. in a way, you well, know? Well, they, they were touching on, you know, the concept or the kind of folklore of crones, like the three witches and, um, you know, they pop up in like Shakespeare and, and a bunch of other things. Um, and I thought that that's kind of what they were going for. Like, I thought that they were going to delve into this supernatural aspect which i thought would be would have been really cool you know ultimately they didn't go there they didn't say no to that but they didn't actually explore it and mm. so there's no kind of confirmation about what they were mm. per suspiria se. as well this also reminded me mm. a lot of the new suspiria yeah so i think that quite an interesting film a quite an interesting combination that doesn't fully nail it for me but suspiria or this this one yeah i think I'm going to stick by what I said before is that it's a very interesting music video, mm. right? And I think that, you know, I don't, I don't say that necessarily as a bad thing. In fact, I'd say I, I'm not saying that as a bad thing, but it, it does well to set expectations. I think that there was I think, I more I feel interest like that's in his previous films. Too much, though. If, I think it has a little bit more to say than... It's a long beautiful music video <laughs> better <laughs> yeah um, i'll reiterate i think there's a lot on this movie's mind and i think you could oh, yeah. kind of dissect it for a long time but i think that's also i mean i i also think that music videos can be incredibly interesting and you can say a lot with music video I'm, yeah. that's what i'm saying i'm not saying that is a bad thing mm. but uh you know and, and people try and do things they try and introduce interesting themes you know with metal bands and horror aspects into their uh, music videos. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh, who would do such a thing? What? Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I definitely don't say that as a bad thing. But I do, I, I do think that it kind of encapsulates on the fact that you can't develop character, you can't develop plot. You kind of have to brunt, like you need to kind of 
glaze over a lot of things mm. in order to, and, and then let the, the audience kind of connect the dots, which is a cool mm. thing to do. It just doesn't really grip me in the same way that oh, a that more conventional a very story. very different type of viewing experience and something like that. Um, I'm, I'm kind of happy and, and set in the idea that I'll be able to enjoy this film for a, a long time to come in the same way I have with the second viewing and that I'll probably just forget everything because there's not much to latch onto in terms of yeah. you know, story yeah. within it. So I'll be able to just experience it, it, it again. Mm. And watching it uh, last night in what was definitely a superior setup to what I did last time was just, I, I loved it, having it wash over me. Oh, yeah. I, I'm kind of, these are movies that I wouldn't normally rewatch, but I am kind of interested to rewatch Only God Forgives and Drive. And apparently has a new one that's a, a TV miniseries called too old to die young but all those i don't t- totally know if i love this guy's style i, I respect mm. him i, I agree. think he has his own unique vision and i think if you go to his film as a filmography i think he has a really nice style that's flows through it all i haven't seen the pusher trilogy but i think him as an artist and a filmmaker he's very interesting i just don't necessarily know if his sensibilities fully appeal to me he clearly came from outside of the hollywood system which yeah. just reminds me i i love this as a hollywood movie um kind totally of just capturing that fucking dark underbelly of yeah. this, this this horrible facade of this yeah. place um yeah I, di- I didn't like drive particularly much i didn't say only god forgives i've heard it's like kind of repulsive and divisive but i i gotta check it out a it bit is quick. a little bit but i mean that's that's not the issue that i had with it the issue I had with it was much the same as that I've had with the other ones, which mm. is that it, it's a lot of really pretty shit mm. and no real narrative structure. Although I would say that the Neon Demon is probably the least amount of um, narrative structure out of all of them. Shall we move on to a much different film? A, a entirely different one. And I messaged you, Ben, about 30 minutes into this mm-hmm. film where it all became clear. Because um, I'm... I, as I told you, I was watching it and I was kind of baffled as to why you recommended this because it, <laughs> it was just such a tropey horror film. And I was like, there has got to be some, like, I was, at first I was thinking, is it because it's from New Zealand mm. that you were like, Spend just thinking so you, were, you weren't funny. enjoying this? <laughs> the first 20 minutes? Oh, dude, was, I was in this from the first minute. Rewatching this last night, because I, as I said, I wasn't sure how early they tipped their, their hat about the comedy thing. And watching it again last night, I'm like, oh, from the very first scene, this is a comedy. Okay, cool. What was the first scene again? On this when he, when he whacks himself the, with the, the, the thing. Oh, my God, God so good. So, but I didn't, I didn't quite catch on to that. And so I was kind of like going, you know, the, him hitting himself, I was like, Lazy Whatever. storytelling. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> also, and then, also and then the, <laughs> I've seen people do that with hammers, so I'm like, <laughs> all right, plausible. <laughs> um, but then, and you know, the kind of you're being relegated to your this house. Um, you know, the interactions with the mother. I couldn't quite tell if the movie m- was like was just relying on tropes or whether it was doing it. I don't think it. Was, it didn't feel tropey to me. The first 20, 30 minutes? No. Mate, it was... When have like, I seen... Okay, I have There was literally like this Jesus thing, this Jesus thing that like, you know, fell onto her as this false scare. Like the music is so tropey. It's it's like... I completely disagree. I think this oh is... Oh my God, I, come I, on. I, I honestly think as a first feature, yeah, maybe I could see your argument from oh. to say that there are maybe some elements where, hey, I've seen that before or... I should clarify though, right? Because... I think that they did that intentionally now. After that 30-minute mark, 30 mark, because I was like, 
oh, I see what this film is doing because it became more and more almost satirical. And I was like, it, and it, then it breached that moment where it was like, this is intentional. This isn't just them, you know, ripping on tropes. You know, the, w- one of the points that, that just before it clicked for me was when she was in the backyard and she's smoking and she's looking at the, the evil dude next door and he was giving her the stink eye. I was like, that's such a, a horror movie trope, right? Of like just kind of stock standard, you know, you know, the guy, you know, the guy that you meet out of town and warns you about going there, um, like that kind of shit. Mm. And then I think the next scene is where she goes to the, and like beats up the, um, the officer and he, and he uttered the lines, um, or like, and he became like a, an investigator. I was like, I'm so fucking on board with this film. I fell in love with that film at that point. I was like, you couldn't, you couldn't drag me away anymore. And, and I, I fucking loved it for the rest of the hour. Because for me, I was I didn't see any distinct like oh this is that moment. I thought there was a very sincere. I didn't see any satire really. Like maybe I, I looked at it as a very like narratively dense, like mm. quite a lot happens oh, yeah. in this. Oh. Um, and I feel like it's almost like that first album, that first feature where you're sort of packing every idea you've ever had into this mm. thing. It's like <laughs> yeah. this could be my one and only chance, and it might be. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, because he hasn't well done be. anything since this. He's has done it? TV. He's done some TV stuff. And it's Netflix. It reminded me. It had elements of um, uh, that uh, Wes Craven film, The People Under the Stairs, mm. with the the people living in the walls and stuff. Um, you know, I thought this film was going down a more um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like spiritual, supernatural, supernatural. Mm. That's the word I'm looking for. I thought it was going more it down. Does, a that's very intentional. It has yeah. some very like clear twists, and then in it terms. goes some more this way, and then it has this sort of sort of story with this psychiatric hospital and stuff. And none of it is super poignant or anything, but I think as a fun horror film that twists and turns, like it's super satisfying. So that's that's what mm. I want to say. I think this movie is really surprising and I had forgotten a lot of it. Um, I, again, like Neon Demon, I think I enjoyed my second viewing more, um, which is the great thing about sharing movies with people, mm. um, is that I think this movie is like really successful as a comedy, really successful as a horror and like really successful narratively as well. It's mm. actually mm. In- an interesting story that yeah. could that could be a cool mystery or a cool horror on its own yeah. or a cool comedy as it is mm. as well. Yeah. Do you know the one of the really interesting things about this? Because there's so many twists and turns. I figured that I had it pegged. Or not pegged, but I, I thought that there was like a pretty serious possibility mm. that this was all an invention from the mom and the dad, mm. the stepdad. Mm. Because the scene before everything kicks off, she's like, we're going to teach her some manners type thing. And then all this haunting stuff starts mm. to really I like, thought it was off. the mom as well. So I was mm. like, you know, I, I think up and uh, there was one point where I was like, all right, obviously not. But like, I, I, I thought that would have been a cool little aspect to it. And it kept playing in my mind to like. Mm. And I, I think it's trying to do that stuff. I think this movie is as hard to pick as. Uh, a Kiwi sense of humor. Yeah, because yeah. we 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 worked with a with a Kiwi guy at the the cinema. Yeah, and man, for the first six months, nobody fucking we, ever knew if that guy was joking or being the biggest dick <laughs> in the world or just being super serious. It was we so could, weird. we can't lay that on the feet of the the Kiwis. Like that's not fair. I think I think that is this. I think that's extremely their dry sense of humor, and I think that really comes through in this film. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine this movie being quite as successful if it was you know set in Kentucky or some shit. Um, I, I I think taking a fam- taking a familiar mm. situation like a haunted house 
and and chucking it somewhere as charismatic as as New Zealand and, and bringing all these actors and creators in. I'm like, whoever plays that Amos guy is yeah. like just he made that that line of you can't punch ectoplasm yeah. <laughs> for me on i just the bit I, where he plays the tape back and nothing yeah. like, <laughs> but see, this is, <laughs> all right you know this is sense. my this is my point about the the tropey thing like they were doing all the right angles all yeah. the right music that you would hear if yeah. that was being played yeah. with like creepy music yeah. or a creepy like sound so i was like he's very intentionally pulling out all the tropes of the mm. genre well, that's the thing. It was effective, as I said, as both doing the comedy and the the horror elements of it. Which, mm. when you put the the horror stuff done kind of rotely in that context, it becomes it's extra perfect. Funny, yeah. It's so good. Mm. I mean, if 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 there hadn't been the comedy aspect to this, I do not think I would have given this a second thought. Oh no, because it but wouldn't. I have... think I I don't think I think that's the thing. Okay, so one thing is just my personal experience of just releasing music recently. When people go, oh, what genre is it? And we're actually trying to not be in a genre. Mm. <laughs> so, and that's a mind fuck for people. So this guy is like writing this film and his thing in his head, he's probably thinking like, I'm writing a horror film that is funny as well. Well, is it a horror or is it a comedy? Well, it's kind of both. But yeah, but which one is it, dude? Mm. Which one is it more? Is it more a horror or is it, well, I was just trying to create the best film that I could create. Do you know what I mean? So it sort of hits yeah. this point where the conversation... It has comedic elements, it has horror elements, but, you know, it, like, go watch the film and take it on, on its own merits. Do you know what I mean? So I distinctly remember when I first watched this, and this is probably when I, when I was still less experienced in horror movies, um, I remember finding this quite creepy. Dude, it was scary as fuck. And it stuck mm. with me, even just the idea of a guy in the walls, even though that's so played in a silly way for the most part. And, you know, the guy looks so goofy, but he keeps appearing in random places. It's kind of scary, but... Like the 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 teddy bear thing that really scared me when I was first watching this, and it really convinced me that this was a supernatural situation. Because I'm like, there's no way they can explain how that happened. I feel like they kind of effectively did. Yeah. But um, I also think it probably has the biggest laugh for me that any horror comedy has ever given me, which is when the lights go out um at the house and they're flipping on the breakers trying to get them back. Oh my god, that was fucking hilarious. Quite good jump scare where. The guy is like standing right there yeah. behind the dude, and the lights go back off, and this dude's like, "Oh no, that was the one." <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, "That was amazing!" Yeah. And can you imagine how well that would play like on the festival circuit? Because I think that's oh. how I initially heard about this movie. It was kind of people raving about it back then. But that Kiwi humor, it's like got an innocence to it. Like it's not super like it's convoluted, like crazy, mm-hmm. like super subvert. It's like it's sort of like it's almost slapsticky in a way, and it's charming and endearing and. It's funny that you mentioned that or, or that you kind of gravitated towards this because when we were thinking about picks for Halloween, mm. one of my potential picks was going to be a comedy horror that is produced in New Zealand. Yeah. What we do in the shadows. And uh, no, different one oh. before that. Black uh, Sheep. Yeah, that's the other one. Yeah. There's only like, only two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's like two all, main ones. I love that one though. Um, yeah. So that's the one that my mind went to because um, oh, I guess Peter Jackson has a few. But, it's yeah. really interesting yeah, that, that 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 we have that same kind of, or that the the, the the New Zealand sense of humor is so well attuned, mm. um, or or maybe unique. I don't even sure how to describe it, but it's um, it works. Great performances across the board here. Really enjoyable. I honestly think like from Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh yeah, mm. I think this this does have um. The Evil Dead. It, it reminds you of Evil Dead as well. Sorry, not yeah. Evil Dead. Um, 
What's the Peter Jackson one? Brain Dead. Brain Dead. Brain Dead. Oh, Reminds I mean, me of I, Brain Dead. you're not wrong about the Evil Dead either, though. Yeah. It's that kind of schlucky, almost Sam Raimi yeah. type mm. horror. I mean, yeah. what's that one with the chick in the elevator? Um, uh, Sam Raimi horror film about the old lady that puts a curse on. Oh, Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, yeah. It felt a little bit like that, which is like a little bit more on the nose on the comedy aspect, but it had that schlucky horror film. Mm. Well, which it. which I feel like it revealed quite slowly because it wasn't until like they blow up the guy's head at the end when I was like, whoa. <laughs> that, I loved how yeah. they like, they'd kind of held back on that element of things yeah. for most of it. But, it was um, a slow burn for like the um, grotesque horror stuff. Mm. Um, but you can feel the love and you can feel like these guys probably didn't get paid a fucking dollar for this film, but <laughs> there's so much love and care and the DIY, <clears throat> I could be completely wrong here, this could be funded out of its ass, <laughs> um, but I feel like there's a DIY aspect to this film that just appeals to me and I, I love that. Like the Neon Demon, amazing, but... The wealth of resources on that production mm. would have been... It's a very produced piece of film. There's just something about this type of film that really appeals to my sensibilities. Well, I thought this felt very polished. It, it does. Oh, oh, I'm not taking it away from yeah. it, but I feel like... But no, obviously um, the context it came from, like that is kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm. Um, but, you know, this feels like a couple million dollars in it. You know, maybe mm. a sub million, two million... You know, Neon Demon's probably ten million or something. Mm. Who knows? Anyway, lo- I absolutely love this. Maybe the only thing I could fault it on is it feels a bit first featurey, and there's so much plot in it that it's kind of crazy. But that's kind of part of why I love it. It's the charm, it. right? Uh, that's why it's I like thought this was this like crazy satire, right? Because it's they're just. I mean, it's the kind of double, you know, take or, or yeah. reveal, and uh, I think that that was intentional. Um, in in the style. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah. What really mostly surprised me about it on this review um, was how plot heavy it was, and so how strong heavy. I thought the plot was. Yeah. Because mm. when the when the um the psychiatrist or psychologist shows up, psychologist to looking after her, um, I'm like, oh, this guy seems nice. Yeah. And I just completely forgotten that he's the villain of yeah. the film, yeah. and it's like such a long walk to get to yeah. that. But I feel like it all fits Do together you know what? so well. I actually talked to someone today who is a psychologist who does deal with criminals and um, people like that. So basically what this guy in the film does. Mm. And I was just kind of curious because the clinician in the film says, you know, there's just some bad eggs. And I, I was asking her about her day, mm. um, you know, with the kind of the clients. And I, I just wanted to know, like, what kind of difference are you making? Like, you know, not so much are there bad eggs, but, you know, what's the prognosis for some of these people? And I was so utterly depressed and it made so much sense why this went guy went nuts. Because, you know, she was just like, oh, I mean, the best that some people can hope for is, you know, that they can live on their own and maybe hold a job, but it's yeah. unlikely. I'm like, wait, no, it, like, what, what would be the best case scenario? Like if you had unlimited resources and unlimited, mm. you know, and she goes, oh no, that is. Yeah. It's like, can you imagine doing that day after day, just meeting people that are potentially hopeless? I hear it's a very high suicide rate in that occupation. 
Don't say that. <laughs> you you take on like a lot. The podcast, yeah. <laughs> you take on a lot of emotional oh baggage. Of course, yeah. Oh my god, mm. and I mean, particularly. With and you like normally are quite an empathetic like, person if you yeah. get into psychology. Yeah. Oh, it it lends itself towards that kind of person, yeah. but particularly if you're in like abnormal or like you know kind of forensic psychology area where you're not where you're dealing with like the worst of the worst of humanity. Yeah, Fuck. I couldn't handle that shit. Yeah. I'm surprised we don't see more of this. That's why I watch <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> Just get it out. Just stick to this crazy shit. No, <laughs> honestly, uh, thank you, Benny. Like, loved this. Um, These are two very well, you, interesting You both parts. actually texted me um, separately about this movie, which I'm like, fucking... I didn't, did didn't dig... Oh, there you go. Couldn't, didn't dig Neon Demon nearly. Mm. Like, I, I, I respect oh. Neon Demon, but this is, for yeah. me, well I'm the ahead. exact same. Out of the two... If I had to chuck something on right now, I, I reckon I could show this to my folks who are not horror movie fans, and they could probably this could almost be like their gateway. I reckon the same drug. Well, funnily enough, same. that is kind of what I did last night. I showed this to a couple of friends, one of whom does not do horror. Yeah, and she got the shit scared out of her, but she really liked it. I'm like, yeah. this could Com- be. comedy this horrors a- are the way to go. Mm. I mean, I I've done the exact same thing. I introduced someone to horror via um uh. Tucker and Dale's versus oh, yeah, Evil, yeah, yeah. Evil mm. which is, you know, a good, it's not that scary. It is quite funny. Mm. Um, it's like a, an inversion or like it, it uses a lot of the tropes. The other one is um, Cabin in the Woods, a little bit more yeah. kind of solid on the horror aspect. Very like cool movie. But um, yeah, a lot of similarities in the punchline, but also I was listening to somebody break down like a com- comedy joke, as in like you sort of set this premise. Yeah, and then you sort of go about proving the premise, mm. and then in the end, the punchline ties it all together. It's almost like a an essay, you know, introduction yeah. point one, point two, point three, and then summarize it again. And that's almost like a horror scare, right? Mm. Setting the scene, um, letting the scene sort of marinate point yeah. one, point two, three, point three. You kind of know something, and then boom. It's, all, it's I mean, I've I've said build this a million times. build expectation yeah. exactly subvert it, subvert it, yeah, which is where both horror and you know, yeah, literally just from. stole the words out of my mouth. I say that all the time, but it's yeah. it's where those. Oh, oh, you came up with that, did you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that <laughs> is. No, haven't you read McGregor's Guide to? I kill you. McGregor's Guide to Everything. Yeah, I was going to say the only thing that I think that would be a disadvantage in using those movies to introduce someone to horror is that a big part of the punchline for those movies is the subverting of the genre mm. and you kind of have to know mm. the tropes yeah. of the genre like i can like the amount of just awesome shit that you get out of cabin of the woods just because like just looking at that whiteboard and all the common like mm. you know horror but i think villains, the best i monsters. think the best are when you could show that to someone you could show a fresher that and they could get something out of it and well, you could watch a, a horror veteran and they'll be able to get more out of it yeah, I think that both of those movies do that in spades. Like, uh, I mean, that's what I I think when when you can make it approachable from different levels, and and it not and it gets subtle in the subtext where it's not beating you over the head with things, but somebody who's there, certain audience was like, oh yeah, that's cool. That's a reference to Hellraiser. That's mm. this. That's that. You know, that's fun. Whilst the commoner, you know, it's like the MCU, right? It's a bit like that, eh? Is the it? commoner. Yeah. Oh no, it is. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I know what you're saying. Maybe yeah, no, not. I, I Maybe agree. I, I, I get no, it. Is, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like you know harvesting barley from the hayfield. Yes, you that's know, what it's. it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. The hayfield. Holy fuck! It shows you how much I know about agriculture. Huh? <laughs> Jesus. 
Anyway, great pick. Great pick. Thank you. Uh, well, I really achieved my brief, which is to um, watch two movies that I really enjoyed. Um, nice. Thoroughly enjoyed both of them much more on the second viewing than I did the first, I think. Um, and I gave you guys a movie that you liked and made you watch a movie that you never would otherwise. So yeah. I'm, I, that's all I need every week. Win. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So we're a horror movie podcast now. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> Uh, Sorry that I picked two movies that are like horror adjacent and yeah. not horror movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say they're horror. I'm okay with that. Mm. Like um, I said, I was going to pick Black Sheep. Still might. I think, okay, so this is one that one of my picks, I'm going to have to defect, defect, deflect to you, divert to you, whatever, to see if this is actually possible. Right. So one film that I've wanted to watch for a while that I've heard, heard kicking around is Possum. Mm-hmm. Can we can we track that down? Do you think? I believe that's on Shutter. Sick. Mm-hmm. Possum, uh, Australian horror film, right? Nope. Kiwi. Nope. From Earth. <laughs> I, I Correct. <laughs> I think it stars Sean Harris. I think it's British. You chose the right planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one. Now, fuck. Um, do we go one that I've never seen before, or? We haven't seen Possum, so you've already fulfilled that brief. I'm okay. With, like, go, go with one that you haven't seen. I before. think I think one one I haven't seen in a while, and I think it's a bit of a Halloween classic, is Trick or Treat. Cool uh, anthology, um, and I'd just like to revisit that one. Nice. The 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 sub. The, I'll, I'll add just one more because I'm going to add this as a, a, a subtext or a special text. Subsequent reading, special reading, yeah. additional text for reading, supplementary, <laughs> supplementary text. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, watching, we're watching a breakdown right now Anyway uh, I can tell when you're doing like the su- su- what, what is um, What's the movie <laughs> Are you broken Pumpkin What's head. going Pumpkin on here head. Pumpkin head Pumpkin head Stan Winston Stan Winston's pumpkin good head Lord. Very good We need to get George to bed that, So Cool Have you seen that one Never Nice I saw that in the cinema Like last year I think Really keen for that one mm. So that's it cool. Three movies For the price of two <laughs> <laughs> George needs a lie down. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been um, all right. We'll yeah, chat yeah, to you next good. week when we've all watched or done our homework. Well done. Um, see you guys. Bye.